Hello, friend. This is Dave Pasqualone with the Remarkable People Podcast, Season 1, Episode 20, The Season Finale. The Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out. The Remarkable People Podcast. Listen. Do. Repeat. For life. Friend, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for making this a remarkable season. When we started this journey in faith, we did not know what it would bring. We just knew this is what we're supposed to be doing. Looking back now, we've had 19 episodes, 18 guests. We've been listened to in over 48 countries that we know of. Podcast statistics are not like web analytics where they're very accurate. So what we know of is we've been listened in over 48 countries around the globe. We've got feedback through emails and texts, through different just personal conversations, um, ratings and reviews. And I can just say nothing but thank you. This has exceeded my expectations, and I think anyone out there, um, my only agenda when we started the show was to glorify God by helping people grow, just to literally grow together and help each other and to be better people. By doing that, God has blessed through you. You are the reason this show has just taken off. You've listened You've applied it, you've seen the principles work in your life, you've repeated it, and you've told your friends. And please continue to do so, because what you've done, like we were saying, there's over 900,000 podcasts in the world. We are in the personal development self-help sector. Tens of thousands of active podcasts there. And despite it all, Without trying, just being who we are and you being who you are, God has used you to help this podcast to be not only in the top 200 multiple times in multiple countries, but we've got as low as 90. So out of almost a million podcasts out there, we've been ranked globally as low as 90. That is remarkable. So saying that, I can just say thank you. Next season, we've learned a lot if you've listened to all the episodes. And the great thing about this podcast is you don't have to listen to all the episodes. You don't have to listen to them in order. Listen to what you need and maybe listen to what you want. Share it with your friends. But just like our slogan says, listen, do, repeat those actions and do it for life. So you have a good life, do it for your life and do it for life beyond this earth. So that is my quick opener to this 20th episode. If you can think of a way this show can be better, Dave, what do we need? This is what I need. Help me. Send me an email. Send me a text. Shoot me over you know, a message in some format through the website or even call me. I want to know what we can do to help you. One thing we didn't do in season one that we are going to do in season two is we're going to launch a Facebook page. So if you go to Facebook, it's already up. You can go to the Remarkable People Podcast, or I believe it's at Remarkable People Podcast. 
And you're going to see this cool banner that our friend in Canada, Danny Covey, made of the Remarkable People podcast and all the season one guests. So all 18 guests you can see right there on that homepage. Then when you scroll down, you're going to see there's a lot of opportunity. It's blank. Start filling it out. I'd love to hear, especially after this episode, what were the highlights of your season or how did God use these episodes to help you grow? If you can share, it'll encourage us all, and I know it'll personally encourage me. So you can go to Apple and all the podcast directories, Google, Stitcher, Buzzsprout. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating. And if you can take that extra minute, give us a review. But at the end of the day, if you can't give us a five-star rating or review, please let me know why so I can fix it. We want to be the best we can be. We want to give you our best, and we can't fix things we don't know are broken. So if you need something, if you want something, if you have a suggestion, please, we are all ears. Now with that said, I am proud to bring you the season finale wrap-up episode. What we did is we took a minute from each of the 19 episodes, cut out a minute portion and wrap them together with that transition pop you've come to know and love, and you can re-experience or experience for the first time a little bit of each episode. Then, if you want to go back and listen to them, they're done sequentially in order. So as you listen to the guests, it's episode 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, all the way up through episode 19, you can listen to those episodes again, go to the Facebook page, write what your favorite parts were or how it helped you grow, And man, that'll make us all excited and happy, and hopefully you are too. So this is Dave Pasqualone with episode 20 of the first season of the Remarkable People podcast. I thank God for you. I thank God for this show. And I hope this episode, even though it's just a wrap-up summary, hope it really helps you grow and you are pumped as I am for season two. We got some very special and remarkable guests already lined up already recorded, all ready to go. I really want to release them early, but I made a commitment to myself that we're going to drop this 20th episode, take four weeks to continue to prepare and record and line things up for a great season two, then roll them out once a week as normal. So I'm going to stick to my guns, have to keep the self-discipline on myself, but trust me, season one was amazing And season two is forming to be just as good or better. So check it out. Right now, enjoy season one, episode 20. Go back and check out episodes one through 19. And then come back in four weeks for season two, episode one of the Remarkable People podcast. And if you want to know when it's ready, go to our website at davidpasqualone.com or click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our once-a-week mailing list so when a new episode drops, the first episode of Season 1, or in between these next four weeks, it's maybe we're going to do a bonus episode or two. But either way, whatever happens, that once-a-week mailing list won't spam you to death. It won't be shared with anybody, but it'll give you that gentle and loving reminder that, hey... A new episode's ready for you. So go to the website, davidpasqualone.com forward slash RPP for Remarkable People Podcast. Sign up for the once a week mailing list, get your reminders, and enjoy the show. 
This is Dave Pasqualone with the Remarkable People Podcast. We love you. Thanks for listening. Now enjoy the show. All right, so it was the fall of 1989. A violent storm hit our tiny island to destroy everything in sight. Everything. We, like everyone else, was not prepared. I was four years old and just started going to school with my older sister, Tamara, who was six, and my little brother, Thomas, just made two. The weather forecast assured the storm would lose power before getting down to the Lesser Antilles. It landed as a Category 5 hurricane with winds more than 160 miles per hour. And just for our audience, where are you talking about? Where are you The from? Virgin Islands, St. Thomas. Okay. Yes. I've so, read her website. I apologize for not laying that out. That's okay. <laughs> Interrupt the story anytime, Dave. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, guys, back to the story. Unscripted. Unscripted. <laughs> As I was growing up, you know, my mom was in and out of rehabs and stuff like that. And, um, while she was doing that, you know, I'd stay with another relative and this, I was all over the place, all over the place. And, um, but I remember being home with my mom and sometimes I would wake up two or three o'clock in the morning and something would say, go check on your mom. And either the house would have caught on fire because she left a stove on and food and it got mm-hmm. caught on fire or she'd be sleeping in bed and smoking a cigarette bam there we go again and you're well, young yeah five years old Taking this care is of your five years old the year 2000 july 5th it was a a tuesday i think and I, the holiday had just gone by and we're back at work and we turn on the software for the tax collector and I'm getting depressed real quickly. I said, oh, my God, I just spent $700,000. Where's the juice for the squeeze? I'm not, there's no, no one's using it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, bing, one transaction pops up on the screen. And I'm jumping up and down. A local businessman took the chance of using the Internet to pay with his Visa card, his occupational license, of about $29. And the fee I made on that at the time was about $2.20. And 40, 35, 40% of that two twenty was my profit. It was about 85 cents or 90 cents a profit. <laughs> I'm jumping up and down. I just made 90 cents. I'm all excited. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I spent, I just finished spending 700,000 bucks and all I got was 90 cents? For the t- transaction, it was it was all of a sudden, bing, another transaction, bing, another transaction. If a year later, those bings added up to one hundred and fifty million dollars a day in transactions. But until that time, I suddenly was a single mom, homeless with five children going through my master's course, and I was a full-time teacher. So there wasn't a lot of time to think about necessarily writing the book, but I always expressed myself in my journals and in my daily devotions in prayer and scripture study so that we could continue to lead the family towards more and more light. And that story is something that a lot of other women can connect with. 
And so he's got this guy by his fingertips as the guy's just trying to yank and pull away. The guy gets away and he takes off. And so then Mark looks over at me. We've got eye contact now. And I'm like, what's up, man? He goes, that guy has your military ID, your SEAL ID. And so, man, I just blank out and I go after this guy down off that bench through the crowd and I'm on him and we get into it, right? And long story short, I wind up putting him in a rear naked chokehold and (laughs) I'm telling him, dude, drop my ID because he's got my military ID. He's got my SEAL team badge in his hand and I was just fresh out of the Navy. I think that the terminal leave was like just wrapping up. And so he's not dropping it. And so now he's got these friends that come running up on me. We were at a party one time and um, we'd bought quite a bit of cocaine and, and it was the most that I'd ever done. And, uh, and my heart started to feel like it was going to explode. Mm. Like I, it ached every beat I could feel. It felt like I was getting punched right in the heart. And, and I told, I went to a, a buddy of mine and I was like, man, my, my heart feels like it's going to burst. And he said, don't worry, man. He's like, just do some more. You'll be all right. Oh, that's great advice. That's exactly. And even as stoned and as drunk as I was, I remember specifically thinking, this guy's not my friend. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like I felt like I was going to die. And you were probably very close. Right. right. I mean, it, it. It felt like I was about to have a massive heart attack. I mean, there was so much pain in my chest and pressure. And, uh, yeah, that was the advice I got from my friends. <laughs> so, you know, it really, it's in the accelerated program. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it really bothered me. So I ended up calling my sister. My greatest pleasure in life is to be surfing with my children by far. Nothing even close. No car, no house, no, you know, VIP, whatever, nothing. No sporting event that I, you know, as a spectator, nothing. Nothing comes close. But, like you know, like you said, the litmus test was what I did when it was you and that girl in line, right? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you passed. Again. Okay, yeah, thank you. That means, hey, to me and to our listeners, you Character means more than any kind of credential. Mm -hmm. And that to me is we're not going to die and God's going to be impressed with how much money we have. Yeah. He's going to be impressed with who we are and how we treat other people and how much we love him. Yeah. I mean, I, now I don't know where you are politically, but a lot of people should be concerned about what God thinks at the end of their life. Oh, yeah. So, um, rock bottom for me was probably six, six months after my son was born. I was, on my front deck holding him in my arms and he was crying. I just, I just didn't know how to, how to make him happy. Uh, emotionally, I was drained, exhausted. There was nothing left in the tank. I just didn't, I just felt worthless as a, as a husband, a father, a, a human being. My brain went for looking for an escape. So suicide was a lot on my mind at that time where your brain just, just looks for that out how can i how can i make this better and that was the only out i could see at the time and so that was that was really rock bottom for me i'm glad you didn't listen to those bad thoughts man me too yeah uh (laughs) it was i'm glad i had the support around me that i needed to work through work through those mental challenge issues uh that i was facing and um and come out the other side in a much better happier and healthier place
I go out on the carrier deck that night and I could not believe how black it was inside of a basketball black. I can't see a thing. I've got my, my flashlight. I can just, you know, help me across. I, I needed help to get to my airplane, which was uh, parked on the, uh, uh, behind the island on the elevator. The tail of the airplane is out over the water. And it was just something I had never experienced. And you, you can smell your own fear. You know, this, this is adrenaline or, or whatever it is. And I'd never smelled it on me before, but I could smell it. Mm-hmm. I was, I was afraid. I'm not sure scared, but, but I think certainly that there were, there was fear. So I, I climb up in the cockpit and I'm strapping in and I'm, I'm 24 years old and I'm strapping in and there's a sailor next to me and he's helped me strap in as, as they do. And I, I mutter to him, like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And, and he was younger than me. He said, sir, you're going to be fine. When you were a child, did you ever feel as though you were the outsider? Like, what's wrong with me? Why isn't anybody else thinking this way? Yes. <laughs> like, why is this okay to everybody, but not to me? But not to me. Absolutely. I was the outsider. And I was treated like the, you know, like the outsider. The, I can't remember the word I used. You know, the square. You're so scared. Just go take the bike. Yeah, hey, we're going over here and going to do, do you want to go? No, I'm, I'm good. You know what I mean? Yep. So I kind of was the, the outsider. And here's the thing. Think about this. That doesn't change when you become an adult. Mm-hmm. You can still be the outsider. When you want to do the right things, unfortunately, sometimes in our society, you're the outsider. When you want to stay home and, and read a book, you're the outsider. You know, when you when you don't want to go to the party on a Friday night or a Saturday night because you're trying to build a business, you're the outsider. Mm-hmm. So you can't be worried about what other people think of you when you're focused. You've got a dream and you're you've got a roadmap in order to get to that. So it, we talk about kids, man. It happens as well when you're an adult. So don't worry about being the outsider. The difference between self-care and selfish. Yes. Because that, it's real, it's important. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't take care of other people. Yes. That doesn't mean be a selfish pig and do everything for yourself. <laughs> don't misinterpret. But let Jill explain to you the difference between self-care and selfish. Okay. My body is a temple for God. Mm-hmm. I need to take care of that temple. That means I eat right. I drink water. I exercise. I take time to take care of my mental and emotional health with it, journaling, praying through the Psalms, taking time to worship, doing good deeds for others. That's part of self-care for me because that gives me a happy. But they didn't know the extent to which I dealt with a lot of this stuff because I would hide it at home because there was shame involved. Mm -hmm. Because I believe because of these insecurities and because of things that people said about me that I was someone who was wrong. And that's the classic definition of shame, by the way, is you take that on as somebody that is wrong. This is who I am. And so I was so afraid of them figuring that out, realizing that nobody liked me at school. Nobody wanted to be friends with me. I was so embarrassed about that, that I didn't let them in on it. For an example, I would not tell my mom on days that parents were invited to school, special parties, class things, parent days. I would keep that from her so that she couldn't come in and see me in my pitiful condition. 
see me all alone, see me so shy, nobody wanting to talk to me. And she used to think that I was embarrassed of her. I remember I'm in the operating room and I'm waiting to be, you know, for them to start, you know, put me to sleep. And I remember I'm reading a, you remember WWF? I'm reading oh, yeah. a, a WWF the World, magazine. World Wildlife Foundation. No, I'm just kidding. The other <laughs> WWF. The World Wrestling Federation yeah. back then. So I remember I'm reading a WWF wrestling magazine and it hit me. This could be the last thing I ever read. And then I'm thinking, do I, do I know where I'm going? If I'm dead in a few minutes, if, if I were to pass away, like, am I positive? I know where I'm going. And I, it sounds morbid, but I think it's good in a way just to be confronted with the reality of that, to have that certainty. I encourage you to take what's called the mirror test. Mirror test is instead of just shaving in the morning, gentlemen or ladies, when you're putting your makeup on, look at your eyes, look at yourself in the mirror. And what you see right now is how you're going to be three years, five years, ten years from now, except you'll have aged. But you're basically going to be the same person, your personality, your thoughts and things, except for three things, the people you meet, the places you go, and the books you read. Now, with the computer age, it's also any material you take in, not just books. Yes. But the people you meet, hang around good people. Hang around people that bring out the best in you, people that, uh, that you're... They bring out the better in you when you're with them, and you bring out the better in them. Hang around good people, because that's one of the three things that influences who you are. And the places you go, don't go to sleazy places. Don't go to places that you shouldn't. You know where you should go and where you shouldn't. And uh, so go to good places. And number three. And what I was going through was not okay. And he was getting me to the point of saying, I have to deal with the emotions. I have to deal with how I'm feeling. In order for us to have any hope of recovery, I had to be honest. And I wasn't being honest. I was hiding. Let's just put it up yeah. there. I was being, yeah. I was hiding. Because you were in pain. I was in and pain. And human reaction is to hide. But what do we all need to do in every area is go truth. Go to go truth. To well, and I was also afraid, and this came out after I tell you what the results of the test were, I was afraid that if I opened up in any way that I would never recover. Mm. That was that was what was holding me back. So when you're trying to think about what's a need versus a want, the first thing that comes to mind is social settings. So I realized pretty early on that I could go somewhere and hang out with my friends, but not buy anything when we went out to eat. Like I would stop by the grocery store and grab a power bar for $2 when we would go out to eat with our friends and our friends would, you know, spend 30 bucks on a meal um, or whatever. And we just tried to make it not awkward as possible, but we were just on a mission to pay off that debt. And so there's a little things like that, that add up over time. And so I think that there's an awareness of like, Hey, do we have to, you know, it's like, Oh, we have to like spend money to go out with the de uh, to eat with our family or our friends or whatever. It's like, no, you don't have to. That's not really a, a have to thing. You just feel pressure to actually appear normal and do what normal people do, which is go, you know, go out to eat or whatever. Well, people are in debt, so let's not do that. Yeah, right. And, and then there were the guys that would go do neighborhood Bible time 
And I just remember like my brother had done it and I saw a huge difference in his skills and abilities with people and with public speaking and leadership and all these things. I mean, I saw a dramatic difference with my brother who was a fairly introverted person. And then he goes on this neighborhood Bible time thing, gets this intensive training, is out all across the country and comes back and literally he was a changed person. And so I'm looking at that going, you know, this is something I want, you know, and I want to be able to be a part of that. And then as I started to, you know, explore it, I started to realize there was like this whole club and uh, club's probably an overstatement, but there was a, a network of men who had done this and other students who had done it. And it was always the people that like, they were really great guys. Yep, exactly. Were, the best of the yeah, best. Yeah, they were like the best of the best guys. And it's like, I'm like, okay, so like, I got to get some of that. Somebody from nowhere with nothing to give and no name, God used uh, me under the, 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 the instruction of Brother Holmshire to learn and uh, literally changed my life. It's been a great 19 years. Yeah, and that's something Noah and I were talking about. God uses Bible time to reach people. You know, we used to say wearing the head, the heart, and the home to Christ in his church, but it changes all of us. It changes us as the director. It changes us as the evangelist. It changes us as the the kids just going through the program, the parents. One thing that you said was amazing, and pastors, if you're listening, uh, church workers, if you're listening, Larry said the first year he had 200, the second year 600, the third year 1,000. Bible time is never going to tell you that the ministry is easy or it's it's simple and you know we do all the work for a proper rally to go off it takes effort but with that effort is huge fruit and reward and as Christians that's what we're supposed to be doing Mike that's a real interesting story can I ask you a question and I said sure and he goes do you remember when the thunderbirds crashed and I said, and the Thunderbirds are the Air Force's aerodynamic team. The Blue Angel team. version of the Air Force. Yes. Uh, like the Blue Angels, right? And so I said, yeah. And he said, tell me about it. And I said, well, the team was flying in formation, and the leader made a miscalculation and caused them to crash. And and I'm kind of doing the hand signal, you know, like making believe they're planes. And mm. so I said, what about it, Dan? What about it? And he goes, well, Mike, it's obvious looking at you. He said, in your uniform, he said that you're a leader and your wife and your kids love you and would follow you anywhere. And I said, I believe that to be true, Dan. What about it? And he goes, well, I just have one question to ask you. He goes, which way are you taking your family? And he makes his hands like they're airplanes, you know, and he points like towards the ceiling, towards the sky. He goes, are you taking them this way? And then he takes his hands and points him down towards the floor, and he said, or are you taking him this way? Wow. Talking about sober. Up or down? Down. And so before I could say any smart aleck type reply to him, my nine-year-old daughter looks at me and goes, which way are you taking us, Daddy? Wow. What a great episode, huh? What a great season. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I have. I hope if you need anything, you'll reach out. We'd love to help you in any way we can. But for now, enjoy the rest of your day. 
Check out the episodes coming up during the break, and we will see you back next season. Remember, this is Dave Pasqualone with the Remarkable People Podcast. Listen, do, repeat for life. We love you. We wish you only the best. See you at the top. And if we can help you get there, let us know how. Take care until next time. Ciao. The Remarkable People Podcast. Check it out. The Remarkable People Podcast. Listen. Do. Repeat. For life.